welcome to episode 1236 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, December 8th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, we have talked recently, so there hasn't been a lot going on, but good morning. Hey, it's Otani Watch. I know, like, now Now we're on the big Otani Watch. We have literally no news um, since the time well, we recorded. We, we have the report that his decision is imminent. Okay, well, that literally just went up. But, but when I had originally, oh. when we were getting ready to start, and I had re- refreshed trade rumors, the last thing that was up when we recorded yesterday was the fir- was still at the top of the page. Now, it had been updated, this thing, Dave Rubenstein reportedly in talks to acquire the Baltimore Orioles, something about ownership there. Mm-hmm. It had been updated at 11.59 p.m. Central, but it was the last thing that was up when you and I talked yesterday afternoon for the pod, and then the first thing this morning. Since then, two things have happened, including the Shohei Otani decision reportedly imminent, and then um, something that they have called the opener, which is probably just their morning post over there. So uh, we haven't had much news except that, what do you think about this? I do want to talk about the Otani stuff real quick because we don't have any real tracking of who's in this that much, right? We've got obviously the Dodgers, the Jays have become prominent in this. You had an interesting angle that I didn't even think about looking at the betting markets as a way of gleaning some information mm-hmm. here. So why don't you take the lead here and give us some information on Otani? People might know where he's at by the time this goes if he signs in an hour, but absent that give us some uh, info that you've gleaned from the uh, the otani talks here so apparently all the vegas lines have toronto moving even with the dodgers the dodgers have been the clear favorite in vegas uh in terms of where they will end up since the beginning um and the cubs you know maybe a few weeks ago started to move up closer to the dodgers but now the cubs have moved back down and the Blue Jays are uh, dead heat with the Dodgers. And a lot of people, um, I can't remember who's, who was talking about this. It, it may have been like a John Heyman or uh, Morosi or um, uh, it's, it's ESPN, a passing. Um, <clears throat> but the tax implications are different for an international player going to uh, uh, the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. So a lot of American-born players... If you go to the Blue Jays, you've got to pay taxes in Canada and then pay taxes in the U.S. Uh, so you actually lose money going to a place like the Blue Jays. It's why the Giants are having such problems signing people because the tax rate California and cost of living situation. is yep. so much higher uh, in San Francisco than it is in the rest of the country. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I would be stoked if uh, Otani went to Toronto. Because you want anywhere but L.A. As, yeah, as, as my sign fan. says, Shohei, don't go to L.A. Uh, I just don't want him to go to L.A. I know there was a lot of talk last night on some programs about the Giants still being involved. Um, I would love it if the Giants, but, it, I mean, he has no reason to go to San Francisco. So, uh, okay. if he goes to San Francisco, it's because the Giants offered him way more money. Than so much else. more than everybody yeah. else, yeah. So, but I, I still think it's going to be the Dodgers. We'll see if it happens today or uh, over the next few days. How do you feel about like he's gotten a lot of pushback on this secrecy in the media mm-hmm. uh, the last few days? Um, I think it's silly uh, that people are are like pushing back, and I think it's the media just being annoyed that they're not getting. I the think kind it's of just, news. Yep, that's literally what I was going to say. Is I think they're just 
a little butthurt about it because frankly, to me, this is better than every little crumb having to be a breaking news thing. And everybody's entitled to like a little bit of privacy, right? I know he's a public figure and that in in turn entitles him to less uh, uh, privacy than the rest of us. But could you imagine if like the media reported like every single potential job switch, like I hear Paul Spore might end up going to Rotowire. We saw Paul's browser on Rotowire. Was he just searching there or was he trying to get in touch with them? He, he, Is the move he, imminent? He just followed DVR from The Athletic. Is he going to The Athletic? Uh, like, just, it's so silly. Like, um, you know, and... And that's the I thing. Wonder, they're so desperate for news that they come up with bullshit. That's where, that's where I get to be, like, mm-hmm. with things like Otani and then LeBron when he's made his, um, you know, big moves. It's like, I don't need every ounce of it. I exactly. really, really don't. So I kind of like this better. Hit, get me, me when there's an actual decision. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Toronto would be a really, you know, appealing spot for him. You know, he's a guy who seems like he wants in his day to day life wants to be a little bit um, unknown. uh, As much as you can when you're the greatest baseball player in the universe. Exactly. But like, uh, you know, the Blue Jays are extremely popular in Toronto, but it's not hockey. Like he may not get noticed. They have a large Asian population. So you know, maybe he can go a little bit more under the radar than in a place. Well, I mean, L.A., everybody's famous, so I guess it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Yes, maybe between his top two, Otani has found two spots where, as best as he can, which is not much, he can be somewhat anonymous. Yeah. And uh, if that is what he's looking for, then, yeah, then those two spots do make some sense. I agree. If I'm putting money down, I still got to go L.A. until I'm proven otherwise. Mm -hmm. But I think it'd be cool to see him go to Toronto just to kind of really shake things up. I don't really have a vested interest. That offense would be bananas. Unreal good. What do you think about it like in the short term this year where it doesn't really help their biggest need, right? I feel like pitching is probably a bigger need for that Toronto team. Obviously, you don't turn turn down. It was their offense that failed, though, this year. That's true, particularly in the playoffs. You know, and so I actually, uh, you know, they're pitching. They both they spent a lot of money on their pitching last year to bolster it. You know, most of that is still around. That's fair. They probably have four bankables with Gosman, Berrios, uh, Bassett, and Kikuchi. You got Manoa sitting there in the five spot right now. We have no idea what that is, but figuring out your f- fifth starter from year to year is whatever. And if he happens to come back to anywhere near the Manoa levels that we, you know, know and, uh, prior to last year, then they would have a really strong five. So that, that's fair. That's a fair point. And there has been rumors in the area of them potentially trading Guerrero um, in a big time deal for someone like uh, Corbin Burns. So, oh man, that would be something. You know, so I'd like maybe, to see Toronto just go crazy this yeah. uh, this off season and really, really just kind of shake up their team. That that'd be great. I'm fine with that. It doesn't always have to be the usual suspects with the with the Mets or with both New York teams with LA, Boston. Let's get Toronto in the mix. Let's see them go crazy with some things. I'm here for it. So Me too. uh we'll keep tabs on this. Obviously if something breaks during the show we will jump right in. I'm sure we both have trade rumors up and uh we'll continue to uh to to refresh there. It does also say that the Giants, Angels, Cubs were involved in the bidding, but Jays Dodgers are Appear to be the clear front runners right now, and we'll see what happens with Otani. But absent that, there has been no other signing news, so we're going to get into our topic today 
of the biggest ADP fallers since October. We did the risers a couple episodes ago, talking about the guys that are on the move up from the October drafts um, to over these last five here, say from mid-November here till December, or uh, through December 8th, excuse me. There's only been about five or six drafts, so it's not a ton of data points, but you get an idea of where some folks are moving. We have 10 guys here who have moved around plus. Now, it's not just a bunch of old guys that you might think, oh, they want to, you know, no one wants to draft these guys. They're, you're going to see a little bit of that trend early, but then we got some youngsters mixed in, two really young guys that maybe people are saying, can we really trust their playing time? Then you got some health risk. I got all sorts of stuff, but this first guy, probably not a huge surprise. And, you know, you haven't been in on Shane Bieber in quite some time. I was pretty big on him last year. I'm certainly not as strong this year. But if the price keeps dropping, maybe, I, maybe I'm maybe i right back in at taking the gamble. But he's minus 53 spots right now, Shane Bieber is, coming all the way down to pick 200, kind of on the button here in these last five drafts. Um, what do you think of Shane Bieber dropping down to pick 200? Is that a range that you might have some interest in? 53 picks lower than he was in October? Um, Right now we're drafting gladiators. We're drafting draft champions. I'm less likely to take the gamble there just because there is no recourse when mm-hmm. he inevitably gets hurt or he, you know, if he loses more uh, velocity and, and becomes an even less effective pitcher. Um, however, if we're still drafting him, you know, here even lower come March, I'm going to be interested because I think while there is some like injury red flags, like, I think he is a guy that you should be able to pencil in for like 180 innings. Um, Maybe they won't be as good of an innings as you've seen in the past from Shane Bieber, but like as long as he's healthy, he's going to be on the mound every fifth day. Um, 100%. So, uh, and chances are he won't even be in a Cleveland uniform. So maybe he'll be on a better team. Um, That's an interesting wrinkle. I didn't even think about them possibly moving Bieber. Yeah, because, I mean, he's a he's a free agent at the end of the season. Costs a lot of money. They were already talking about moving Class A. Uh, you know, I would not be surprised if Bieber is moved at the deadline, um, especially if the Guardians aren't in playoffs, a playoff spot come, uh, you know, come uh, July, August. So I'm, I'm more interested in Bieber this year because of the price. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm honestly shocked at how low the price is. I know that it wasn't like the best of his years, but like a 380 ERA and 128 innings is still, you know, fine, especially with a long track record. Yeah. So I think as long as you are smart about your projection for him, I'm probably going to project him for like 150 innings in a mid threes ERA. That probably puts him higher on my ranks than he is on ADP, which will be the first time that's happened probably ever. Yeah, keep keep the price dipping. I'll, I'll, I'll gladly jump in if Bieber keeps dropping into the 200s. You know, we did talk about him almost a month ago when we talked about Cleveland's pitching factory. And the question we asked is, is he a trustworthy 150 innings? And I don't know that you can say he's trustworthy in that you just set it and forget it. Uh, 97, 200, and 128 innings are his last three counts. You love the 200 there, but then you're nowhere near a buck 50 on those other two seasons. I mean, I guess 128 isn't that far from it, but you get the point. Um, 
I talk about this a lot though. When when it's when it's covered in the price, you can't you can't really hold it against the guy as an extra negative, right? He is Bieber is at pick two hundred because of the injury risk. I think he's just being more appropriately valued now. And I think one of the reasons that you didn't like him previously was because he was relatively expensive yeah. for this risk. Now you can get a, an appropriate price, and I think he's worth taking a look at. So I'm in on Bieber with the dip. If he keeps falling, obviously that's going to make me more interested. Got to move on to this next guy here, and I don't know if you want to go grit get like a box of Kleenex or if you're going to cry or what's going to happen with this. I'm really nervous about how your reaction is going to be, but don't, don't kill the messenger. I'm not doing this. This is the draft market that is 41 picks lighter on Cedric Mullins dropping nearly three rounds. Now on the one hand, you might say, well, sign me up. This is my guy. And if he's going to be dropping, then I'm going to stick with somebody I've loved. On the other hand, do you see why the market is dropping him? Do you now have some concerns about your boy Cedric Mullins? He has dipped to pick 160 in this uh, in this recent drop. So he was going just just outside the top 100, and now here he is going outside the top 150. How does that make you feel about your boy Cedric Mullins? Um, it makes me sad for him. <laughs> you know, uh, I also understand why they're doing it. Uh, you know, he has been platooning more or hitting at the bottom of the lineup when he, when they are up against the lefty, you know, he's no longer like guaranteed to hit first every single day. Uh, the batting average has dropped off the last two seasons down to 233 uh, this last year. And I mean, it was backed up the last two years with XBAs of 232 and 223. So, uh, I mean, he kind of has deserved the batting average. That being what? said, like, oh, go ahead. I, I, I have a big question, though. Yeah. What the hell's up with the steals? Because everyone starts running wild last year. His rate was great, 19 for 21, uh, or 19 for 22, excuse me. I love that. But Justin, when I tell you he got 19, and I know he played fewer games, 116, mm -hmm. but he only got 19 steals, and he had 11 in April. You had to be thinking that he was going to go absolutely crazy on the bases and he gets you eight the rest of the way again injury mixed in because he did miss most of june and a bit of uh, july as well but then even when he returned in august september he only had five down the stretch and that was over the course of uh let's see what would that be 47 games so what the heck happened there with cedric mullins do you think that was an injury self-preservation type thing and maybe he'll get back to running this year or do you have concerns about Cedric Mullins's stolen base total? I have a little bit of concern. I think mostly it was his struggles. I mean, he had his on-base percentage in the second half uh, was 249. If you're not getting oh. on base, it is difficult to steal bases. That is um, true. That's a horrendous OBP. That's not yeah. a very good batting average, let alone an OBP. So... Uh, which is crazy to me, you know, 209 average, 249 on base, which is uh, about a 5% walk rate. Um, I think he just, I, you know, he may have been dealing with uh, some, you know, injuries, but I think there's also the potential that, hey, we've already seen the peak of Cedric Mullins. That's exactly what I was going to say next. You, you nailed yeah. it. And I think that's it. I think sometimes we have to be comfortable with the fact that, like, not everyone gets, like, a five-year peak. Yeah. We saw his best season in 2021, another solid one in 2022, and that's probably the best of Cedric Mullins. He's going to be 29 
And I think we just need to maybe see him as more of a solid two and a half to three win guy as opposed to the five to six win guy that he was in 21 and 22. I think that's really it is that we already saw the best. You really need to readjust where you're at with him. Now, I will say I would be I wouldn't be terribly surprised if he got back to 30 SBs next year. But I don't know that the slash line is going to jump up a ton. I think yeah. the slash line is going to remain a bit of a challenge with the batting average being in the 230s. For me, the big question is, what are the runs scored? Because one of the things that was so exciting about Cedric Mullins was he was leading off. He only let off in one game in the second half. Yeah, the team's too good right. now to lead him off when he's not performing. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I don't usually care that much about spring training. I'm mostly watching it because I've missed baseball. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like our boy, I don't know if, oh, I know Mike Curlin's taking a little bit of a step back. I don't know if he's going to still be delivering his spring training lineups I, I this think, year. I think that's, I, th- I thought he had said that that's like his main focus. And like that's oh, okay, going to be, I think um, had, I, so I thought be, I had read something recently about that. Can anyway, can, uh, go ahead. Yeah. I'll be watching that intently. Um, you know, is he leading off? How often is he leading off? Especially later in spring for those late March drafts. So, um, yeah, if he's just I, not at all. Then what do you do with Cedric Mullins? If he's just like a seven, six, seven hitter all spring. I mean, I'm not paying this price, but I assume the price will continue to move down. He starts yeah. moving. We start moving him outside of like the top 200. And then I can, especially if he drops, let's say like 215, where like Jackson Churio is going. Um, this Jared Kalinich idiot. I, yeah. mean, I would never draft this. Jack I cannot Swinsky. fathom I'll take being him. in on I'll this I'll take guy. Mullins over those guys. But um, my would you really take him over both... Kelnick? I was trying to be funny. Would you take him over Kelnick? Yeah, I'd at, take at that price point. The the playing time is more guaranteed. But I would he's take still, he's, he, Mullins is still a premium defensive player, so like he's gonna be in the lineup every day uh, or close to every day. So. Uh, where Kelnick could be in the lineup for three weeks and then get sent down or not even make the team. Or kick you remember, a cooler. You know, Von Grisham, like, you know, everybody was, like, excited about him. And then all of a sudden, Von show. Grisham, yeah, all of a sudden, Von Grisham was gone. We got one so, brave right. Yeah. We, miss, we yeah. missed Michael Harris. He had a great second half. Acuna. We got Acuna right. Um, what... <laughs> well, we got, but we got, we got Von Grissom, right? We, we were, we were, oh, yeah, you know, I'll take, I'll take a victory lap every once in a while. We, we take our heat when we miss, but uh, anyway, I'll take it Cedric, a lot more than every once in a while. Cedric Mullins uh, dropping. I think I need to see him go a bit lower before I'm really interested, but I agree with you. There is a point where I start to get interested. It's not here yet though. You know, the yeah. outfielders he's going around right now, uh, Riley green. Um, it's actually a little bit of a, uh, open, outfield area there. Jorge Soler, different profile type. Teoscar, different profile type. James Outman going about a round later. I think I'd just take Outman over Mullins. I think I'd probably still lean Mullins just because the playing time is more guaranteed. You, you don't think Outman's like locked in? No. So he started super hot, tailed off, and then finished strong again. I, I think I think he's pretty close to a lock of, of a play. I think he um, starts that way, but I also think the Dodgers are a team that, you know, can't afford for, you know, their outfield to be a poorly playing James Outman, Jason Hayward, and you. Well, 
I think you could say the same thing about Mullins, though, that the clock could be ticking on him, too. If he puts up another low Please three never. or sub three um, uh, OBP, I think he's going to be in some trouble. They have a billion guys. I don't know, Colton Kowser? No, Kowser can't play center. I, I don't know his, his skills out there. I don't think they're going to run a, a low threes or sub three OBP Cedric Mullins very long. I think he'll have to be, he'll have to improve. Um, and if, if they don't trust somebody like Kowser out there, I'm just going off of uh roster resource here where center field is listed as his, for, it's center right left in that order. And I, I, I think these are listed in order of preference because Kyle Stowers is right left center because he would play him on a corner way before you'd ever play him in center. So I don't, I think Kowser, can maybe play center, but even if not, don't be surprised if they sign a potential backup center fielder then if they don't want to trust Kowser. Yeah. Because I I think that the playing time concerns that you highlight for Outman have to be there for Mullins too. I don't think they're gonna just keep playing a poor Mullins center field or not. I agree. All right. So let's move on. Uh now let's hit, now let's go to the young guys here because we got a couple of these these up-and-comers that some people are going to be super interested in, but the market has pushed back a little bit on the Junior Caminero hype. A shortstop for the Rays, big-time prospect, made it to the majors this year. That was very unexpected. Got a week in the majors, a little uh, reward for a quality two-level season, and those two levels were not double and triple A. It was high A and double A, where he put up an excellent line with 31 bombs in 510 plate appearances. Kids 19, absolute stud, skip triple A to get to the majors. Uh, he, But he's down right now, Junior Caminero, 32 spots. So about two rounds, and that's putting Junior Caminero at pick 217. Is that a fair price for him, or do you need it to come down more? And what do you think is uh, fostering the dip? Is it just people are taking other guys pushing him down, or do you think there are concerns that he's not going to, uh, you know, break camp and, and be a you know, five-month player? Uh, if he doesn't break camp, at least be up there for five months. Do people think Wander's going to come back? What do you think is driving this dip for Caminero? I think it's multifaceted. I think one is that there is a chance he is not on the team to start the year. Um, I think he profiles I think there's better. a strong chance, by the way, yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't profile... Uh, as like, at least I don't think he profiles as an everyday shortstop, uh, which is where the the Rays mostly could use him. Um, uh, and they have Paredes at third, uh, Lau, who's expected to be healthy for the start of the season at second. So where does Caminero play? He also didn't look amazing in his first go around. Yes, he had a... It was a week. Stop it. Yeah, was I mean, he, it was just a 22% strike rate, but the, the zone contact skills don't look completely polished. Uh, I don't know if he, you know, he's had pretty large ground ball rates throughout the minor leagues. I think we've got a little bit of a Yanni Diaz-esque type situation, even though he has prodigious raw power. I don't know if it's ready to be game power. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm... I'm a, I'm a little bit tepid on Caminero as well. I kind of bl- agree with the market. He has not even been in consideration for me in Gladiators. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a lot tepid, dude. I need like an 80-pick drop off of this. I am not picking Junior Caminero at pick 218. Are you kidding he's, me? He's not even on my board in Gladiators, which That's, is yeah, mainly Yeah, absolutely right not. Now. 
Yeah. Um, and then DCs, yeah, you have a little bit more flexibility there. And again, if I feel like I can get five months from somebody, I will take a prospect. We've talked about this before. We don't take too many guys like that, but I, I might be open to one, but not at 217. Yeah. He's got to come down way more than that. Um, you know, I know it's you know, uncomfortable to talk about Wander with the shit that he's been accused of. Is there not a world where he comes back? We haven't heard no. anything else. He's not coming back. He's never Why is he on the roster right now then? I don't know, but there's no way you come back from this. Multiple allegations of what he's accused what of. What if he's like, exonerated? I mean, we could say what he's accused of. He's he creeping with young, with children. Like, it is ugly. It's gross. So I'm not here to be like, let's talk about his fantasy angle. But if he's on the roster, then we do have to at least acknowledge, like, what's going on? We haven't yeah. heard anything else. Again, I'm not being like, let's let's get on the wander train. Let's start drafting him. But what if he's just back next year? I can't imagine. Yeah. I can't either, dude. But I'm just like, staring at him on the roster resource. And I, I understand Jason's just doing, you know, because he got put back on the roster, right? There was that news. And it was a procedural thing because of the restricted list and how it works. Like once the um, calendar kind of clicks to the off season, you have to take guys off the IL and put them on the roster. And I think you have to take guys off the restricted list and quote unquote, put them on the roster or whatever. So it was a procedural move, you know. I don't want him anywhere near baseball field, given uh, what he's done. If he's done it, I know, you know, we got to have the process or whatever. But um, I just, I don't think, uh, let me say this. Even if Wander isn't back, though, I don't think they go right to Caminero. He skipped AAA. He's 20 next year. So I think he needs at least a month in AAA. And at that price, 218, 217. I need it to be way cheaper for Junior Caminero. So um, he I, he's way off my board right now. Not not even close to consideration. All right, let's run to the other edge of the uh, of the age spectrum here and talk Marcelo Zuna. Now he's another one with obviously some ugly off the field stuff. Has had uh, he has apparently a remarkably toxic marriage where they beat on each other. And by the way, that's not justifying anything he did just because his wife also hits him. Uh, but they just clearly have major issues. Uh, well, that, I don't want to say went away this year, but it was not at the forefront because he went out and had an amazing season. And it, it's not really fun talking about a, a guy who seems like he might be a huge scumbag uh, popping off, but he went 40, a hundred. We got to talk the numbers, 40, 100, 274. He is util only. And I wonder if that's souring the market or just the volatility of who he is as a, as a person, but he's down um, 29 picks. So call it two rounds to pick 163. Is that a fair spot for Marcelo Zuna? Do you think the Kelnick trade played a role here? Just adding more talent. What do you think is behind the move? And then are you interested in um, a 160s pick of Marcelo Zuna? Yeah. I mean, I think that one, maybe people are just projecting obvious regression, right? Like, Hey, he's not going to hit 40 home runs again. It's, you know, he he's a guy who struggled to stay on the field the last few years as well. So uh, is, is there a real chance that he's going to play at another 144 games? Um, I'm fine with this price. Maybe part of it is the util only uh, and people not wanting to kind of clog up that spot. I don't have an issue with that at all. Uh, I don't have an issue with you're going. You need power and man, power's hard to find this late. I got that, no problem dropping. Power that isn't remarkably flawed. That comes yeah. with like a batting average of my weight. 
that comes with 80, 100. Like, I, yeah, that's the thing, too. He's on a great team. Yeah. And, you know, Azuna, you talked about him playing another bunch of games. I mean, he played a buck 24 in 2023, a buck 44 last year. You can obviously do the easy split the difference, call him what, call him 134. That's about 550 plate appearances. That's, that's 30, 80 probably with a decent batting. Well, not guaranteed a decent batting average because 2022 was really bad at 226. Last year was really good at 274. But I will take the lazy way out and just kind of, uh, split the difference. And again, that's a 250 average. So if he's 250, 30, 80 at pick 164, I think I would fill up my util for that. Now, again, standard disclaimer, people that don't want to draft dirt bags, I don't begrudge you that at all. Other people are say, hey, they're number producers. I, I'm not making value judgments of their personality when I draft guys. Others say I play fantasy for fun. I don't want to root for shit bags totally 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 viable i have no problem with that you can work around the the, the scum of of baseball and still draft a good fantasy team yeah. you can also just take whoever you want and i don't judge you as a person that you love marcelo zuna because you drafted him like I, I we we're we're smart enough to think beyond that but anyway i do think that this price might be fair i wonder if it'll keep going down though because util only does scare people he yeah. has had some bad seasons recently and I, I don't know, I do think that maybe the Kelnick move did scare people off a little bit more. Not that he was playing the outfield, but just that it's another body uh, that is there. And if, if Ozuna keeps dropping, I think he becomes even more appealing, obviously, if we like him at 164. So uh, is he, he's on your board then around this area? Yeah, I mean, we're currently at 174 in, um, in our Gladiator. He is mm -hmm. the top name on the list right now. Uh, I would definitely entertain taking him if he makes it back around to me next round. Now there's, you've got two picks between now and then. Yes, so I, I may not I get do. a shot. Well, I um, can tell you that the next one here that could happen on the, on the show here, cause I'm only three picks away and looks like two of them are online. Oh no, just one of them. Um, would not be this first one would not be, but then if he was back at 184, I might consider him. I mean, I could use sure. some pop. I got, uh, I got Pete Alonzo, but I could use more pop. I don't have a ton beyond that with Rutschman, Haim, Betts, Volpe, Yelich, Carter. Like there's power there, but it's not like trends. I, I just power. keep I keep taking pitchers. Like I just can't stop. Dude, myself. your pitching is bananas, though. I mean, <laughs> I've only got, I've got four pitchers. I've got six pitchers in round twelve, and and I want to take more. Like I, you, you know, just took Erod. I heavily considered Erod. I just uh, assumed he Heim would pick. not make it back to me. All, all yeah. that. All that chatter about catchers, though, people are talking catchers in the chat. Alvarez and Moreno had gone. So I, I still never pay attention to the actual draft chat. Like, well, I think in this instance, it, it tipped me off to the fact that catchers were going and that Heim wasn't going to make it back. And even though I already had Rutschman and I could have easily waited and taken like a Tyler Stevenson, I wanted to go double premium. And to me, Rutschman Heim is double premium. And so I did punt Erod there. So you're welcome. A little bit of a gift because it was between Heim and Erod for me uh, at that pick there. So anyway, let's move on from Marcelo Zuna to talk a little bit of Eloy Jimenez, who is kind of just a younger version of him to a degree, right? Mm -hmm. Like the upside is there. You can totally see it. Now, Ozuna being at pick 164, I know you've had some issues with Eloy Jimenez, but is his price dropping 28 picks almost two rounds to pick 223 would you rather not just wait for him to take the shot is the price difference enough 
to take the younger guy who could be just as good or do the constant injury issues of Eloy Jimenez take you off? And by the way, he's also util only this year. What do you think of Eloy Jimenez down at pick 223, a two-round drop from October? Yeah, I mean, I don't look at them as remarkably different players. I, I, I think you're, I think, I think he is, uh, I think Ozuna is a really good comp and you could get, you know, 4,100. The problem is Eloy has been hurt every single year. Every like, single season. And so it's really hard to get to 40 home runs uh, when you're not on the field for 140 games. And he has not had 20 home runs since his rookie year. Like, we are now four straight seasons. Now, obviously, one of those three. is 2020. Yeah, but even so, still, even so still, three your point straight stands. seasons where 18 home runs this last year is the high watermark. And no 500 is the low. No 500 yeah. point appearance seasons in that in those three seasons either 21, 22, mm-hmm. 23. Yeah. 489 uh, this past year is his high. Look, I love Eloy. I was the one saying, you know, I'm going to draft him again. I'm going to draft him again. I am going to draft him again because the price is now yeah, exactly. coming down. Um, you know, I but was drafting him at in the formats we're drafting right now. Like, it, like that's, I'm not that's drafting the part. That's him tough. in a gladiator. I'm probably not drafting him uh, in a draft champions, uh, though. I'm more likely to draft. I would draft him in DC, but but not gladiator. I agree. But like, maybe the hopefully the price keeps going down because I'll be more than happy to take a gamble on him in a league where I can drop his ass. Yes, if you can get Eloy past pick two hundred, close to two fifty, in a standard league with, with with a reserve, and that way, if he does get hurt again, we can just move on. Then I'm going to be right back where I've been the last couple of years, but finally at a fair price. I've been yeah. paying premiums on Eloy, thinking, "Hey, I all I need is health." And I, whenever I say that, all I need, I know it's not all I need. It's not a small thing. It's a huge thing. Yeah. But I love when a guy's skills are excellent, and I'm just trying to spike some health. I still believe Eloy is a very talented bat. We've seen the 30 homers before. 40 is there. He needs to find health. He hasn't found it at all during his career. There's no reason to believe that he's going to, but at least now you have a price incentive to take the gamble. At least I feel like I do, and now you're a bit more on board than you've been in the past. So I will pay this price for Eloy in a DC, um, but I won't. you won't see me take him in our gladiator here. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that's Eloy, basically just a younger uh, Marcelo Zuna. Now let's go to the old pitchers. We got back to back. We'll just put them together. Really, Scherzer and Verlander. They're down twenty six and twenty five picks respectively, and I believe they're going right by each other as well. Uh, Verlander's at pick one twenty five. Scherzer's at one forty two. Okay, so they've split a little bit, but they're essentially going pretty close to each other. Who do you like better between Scherzer and Verlander? Let's start there. At, at their respective price. So you get about a round discount off of Scherzer, generally speaking. Um, I think it's got to be Verlander just because I think the innings are more guaranteed at this point. I think you have to feel, I don't know how you could convince me that you feel more comfortable taking Scherzer. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Um, I mean, he just threw 162 innings a year after throwing 105. I don't understand why Verlander's so low. It's it's the, I want to be a year early. I'd rather be giving up on him a year early than a year late. It's the hot potato thing right now. People don't want to get caught 
but he's a unicorn, right? Like I, I know he got hurt in, in, um, 21, like he can get hurt again, especially at age 41. But I mean, I'll let you talk. People don't need to hear that I would take Justin Verlander. No shit, I would. But uh, yeah, I agree. Like, I don't even understand why he's at pick 124. I, I took him in our gladiator. I mean, cheaper I, than I, that. I get that the skills are starting to go, right? He's older. He can't throw as hard. Things aren't quite as sharp. The walk rate went up last year. The home run rate went kind of back up last year. The strikeouts mm-hmm. came way down. But we knew all that was going to happen off the crazy size season, right? And even like, okay, so pick your favorite ERA estimator and go like, oh, look, his, you know, X ERA was 369. This is Verlander we're talking about, by the way, with his 322 ERA. And you're talking about his ERA indicators. His FIP was 385. That's much worse than... Like that's still livable at this price. You just got him extremely late in our gladiator. And like, I was just sitting there going, I mean, like I, I don't need pitching, but I mean, that that was the thing. I'll take 170 innings of Justin Verlier, even if it's a three six ERA. like, yeah, fine. You were almost forced to take him even with all your pitching. Like if he lasts one more damn round, but I finally took him at pick 147 uh, and gladly too. you know, I needed some pitching. He's actually going to be behind uh, his teammate Fromber and Dylan Cease on my ball club. And I like that top three there. Yeah. I like he's so much more bankable. Frankly, I think he and Scherzer should be much further apart because I do find Verlander to be quite a bit more bankable. If you're just saying who's the better chance to get a buck 50 um, and Verlander's past that each of the last two years at 175 and 162. I so disagree with that. Uh, and I mean, I'll, I'll take over the transition. Um, I think both players need to be higher. I don't think they need to be that far apart. And I may actually end up having Scherzer higher in my ranks in spite of everything I just said. Um, because I think the skills for Scherzer are better. And I think the situation uh, for Scherzer is really, really nice. Not that it's not nice for, for Verlander as well. But. Let me just say, I didn't realize he threw a buck 53 last year. It's yeah, more than like, I thought. I had him closer to low 100. So you're you right on that at, point. Continue. You look at Scherzer's numbers in Texas. After being traded to Texas, he threw 45 innings with a 320 ERA. Uh, 10 strikeouts per nine, you know, a fine oh, 96 rate. whip. Yeah. Like he was, he, he was back to elite Scherzer. The problem was he finished the year hurt. Um, yep. and that is the most concerning part to me. Um, but I'm, I'm fine. I love where Scherzer's going. Scherzer. No, you're, you're, your point's fair though. Team. They uh, should just be back to back. I, I, yeah. I actually agree with that. They should just be right by each other. When one goes, that's your signal to take the other. I think as I do more and more drafts, one of the things I'm going to, you know, I don't want to be, you know, this last year I was, I, I was more willing to just wait till the fourth, fifth round to grab a starter. I, I, and I can do that. And I did that in our gladiator currently. Um, I think I just got lucky with Tariq Skubal, uh falling, uh, falling uh, where he did. I am more likely to take like one ace and then just wait for these guys, right? Like there's so many flashy young guys that I think that these, these old vets that are in the declines of their career, mm-hmm. but still produce really good numbers are overlooked. I think you're a hundred percent right. Right. You know, 
we talked about the big pitching, the, the youth pitching movement that happened this year. They're all going to be pushed up. A bunch of them are going to hit again, but a bunch of them are going to fail. It does push down old heads like Scherzer and Verlander. And, you know, I don't think I'm going to put Verlander on every team or Scherzer. You know, I'm not going to get overstocked on them, but I don't mind having multiple shares of either either. I, I'm really I'm really OK with that. Um, I got my first Verlander. I'll probably get a Scherzer. He was better than I thought. So I'm glad you said something there because I had not realized that he did get 153 innings. Was better than I thought. And he should be right by Verlander. So Interesting tidbit take that either. came across my phone yes, sir. as I me. was. Uh, someone said that when Shohei Otani signed with the Angels, he signed on December 8th. Is he going to repeat the exact same signing date? I love the symmetry of that, by the way. If yeah. he does, that'd be amazing. Hopefully. I would, I would love a Friday Shohei bomb. And then you no. and I get back on pod freaking well you'll have to go still, uh, i gotta go to my actual job oh you have to do your real job Damn yeah. we gotta get you full-time baseball so that yeah. the second otani drops we can jump back on now we'll probably just save it for monday uh, because you know what's the assessment going to be oh he's awesome uh you know yeah <laughs> he's awesome in toronto he's awesome it's, in it's LA. gonna be that uh alejandro kirk has less playing time this year yeah that's gonna the biggest loser is alejandro kirk can no longer dh um, all right let's move to a couple young pitchers who really disappointed last year now i mean two i told you so about this one this was tough all draft season last year was like my body comp tristan mckenzie i love him and i love what he did for me the year before in 2022 but he was one that I wasn't going to pay the premium on because I worried that his body wasn't necessarily going to hold up for a second straight full season. And that's exactly what happened. He was a big injury flop, just 16 innings. The market's pushing him back down again, 24 picks right now since October, down to pick 240. Is that a cheap enough price to take the shot on Tristan McKenzie coming off of an injury washout season? Uh, in Fab Leagues, yes. In other formats like Gladiator and draft champions which was what we're mostly drafting right now no mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not touching him in those formats uh not on my board uh so uh and that's just because you can't replace him let me ask you one thing okay i get you in the gladiator i, I feel like maybe you're a little too strident on this in dc's who the hell do you take if you can't if you can't take any injury risks it's not that you can't take any injury risks is i'm gonna be more i'm just more careful and there are other guys already going around his spot where I'm like, hey, give me Brian Bale. You okay. know? He did finish uh, on the field, by the way, McKenzie, which we do love. So I should at least give him that I, credit. If I'm going to take an injury risk, why not take Nick Lodolo, who I liked last oh, year? Because his you know? park is... No, 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 no. Ain't no way I'm taking Nick Lodolo over Tristan McKenzie. If, if they're going similarly... And I got means... Two major injury risk guys. I take McKenzie over Lodolo without blinking. John Means business. Yes, John. I love John Means. I think has been on every single one of my drafts. So you're, you're, you're tugging at my heartstrings on that one. I I yeah. like John Means business quite a bit. So uh, I just you know I'm not maybe he's not completely off my board, uh, but uh in a in a draft champions but i just don't see myself drafting him unless he falls if he falls if he falls like outside of like the top 275 like fine i'll take the gamble um not but, yet as low as 259 so, wait, what about yeah. that is that that's not quite there 
259 puts him around Kikuchi. Kyle That's a good Harrison. one to bring up. I got a question about um, him in my chat. Do you believe in Kikuchi? I have a hard time with Kikuchi because I have a really he's, hard time with him. He's been my Charlie Brown guy, right? Yeah. Like every he's year. He's been I'm the like, fantasy community's Charlie yeah. Brown guy, right? I mean, here's the thing: like there, there, there are a lot of guys going around in this spot where I go, I don't know how much better I feel about these guys than I do about a guy like McKenzie. So maybe this is like a really good spot for him, um, because at least, so like, I'm not worried about Kikuchi not pitching. I'm worried about Kikuchi just being bad. Exactly. And the problem with guys like that in like, a, you know, obviously in a gladiator, you're just eating it. But even in a draft champions, you will get to a point in the season in which you may only have like 10 or 11 pitchers that are healthy on your roster. Yep. And then you're kind of forced into using, you say, Kikuchi or using, you know, whatever mediocre reliever that. Exactly. You know, and like you're so you're almost forced into using him, even if he's bad. Um that's a tough one because more likely than not, you still took an injured player for um, uh, injury prone guys, you know, later on anyway. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I, that's, I that's a tough, that's a tough area. Like you said, there's a lot of guys here that like, I can understand if you want to take Kukuchi or Kenta Maeda or um, let's see here. If there's other guys I would agree with John means business. Like you had mentioned, uh, Walker. I mean, give me Maeda easily over that whole group. I'm taking. But. I'm taking Maeda too. Yeah, not not just because yeah. he's a tiger. I just always love Maeda. He has his own injury risks. Sure, he's a bit older, but I'll take him for sure. Christopher Sanchez at pick 249. I'm all over that. That's a big second half guy that I really liked. So it's not a bad spot for McKenzie. I certainly won't overload on him, but I'm I'm more inclined to buy this year on the downswing after. Uh, after the flameout season, because the thing of it is, y'all, if you if you didn't follow him as a prospect, he had tons of injury issues coming up. That's why last year just wasn't a surprise. And he and is I'm, your body comp. Like he that's, is. That's why it was so hard to be against him and, last year. Um, because I love him. I actually, you know, like his mechanics, and um, if he could just put a little bit more meat on his bones, honestly, I think I'm sure a lot he's to tried. Do. I'm yeah. sure he's tried. Um, you know, they just need to force feed them in the off season. Believe me, our body types have tried and sometimes it just doesn't work. Uh oh, I got an MLB notification. Nah, it doesn't mean anything. It's just, they, they, they shouldn't be able to send them just to like say, oh, yeah, read this article about the pending Otani situation. There's probably a way to send news notifications. True. But this time of year, whenever I get MLB, I'm like, oh my God, let me look at my phone. And then it's like, we here's one rule five pick for each team, which is a cool article. I like that, but I want the news. All right. Um, another big flame out last year. Now his wasn't injury based. It was kind of performance based more so. And like, I don't want to overstate it. It wasn't the worst year ever, but Christian Javier did not live up to expectations. He was supposed to be baby Strider. Oh, you missed Strider in the first, second round. Get Christian Javier three, four rounds later, uh, or even it was closer to two, three rounds. Like they, they weren't that far apart. 456 ERA, 127 whip. Again, you did not lose your league because of that. I don't believe it was under underperformance for as early as you drafted him, but 
you could work around that. That was unlikely to be the one thing that ruined your season. But it was a bad year for what we had expectations for with Christian Javier. He's now down 22 picks, so just over a round, uh, down to pick 177. Is that cheap enough to buy back on Christian Javier after the uh, after the disappointing 2023? Um, I would take Christian Javier over Tristan McKenzie. That's... I agree, but that's kind of easy. What what about, okay, teammate Hunter Brown is right there at 177. They go back to back. Give me Hunter Brown. I think so, too. Um, Nick Pavetta, 183. Give me Javier, but just because he's on the better team, I think. Brian Wu, pick 185 right there as well. And th- these are all names I am passing Tristan McKenzie. Obviously, I just said I would pass yeah. uh, McKenzie for Javier. So, like, this is, you know, this is the group that I'm saying I'm not drafting McKenzie and I'm taking. I'm Let's taking go up. Guys. Mm-hmm. guys that are going just a bit ahead of Javier, but they can fall down to his range. Bailey Ober, pick Give 175. Carlos Rodon. Give me Carlos Rodon. So you agree with the market so far. Jose Barrios up at 164. A little Give me bit Barrios. Okay, so you agree with the guys that are going just ahead of uh, Javier, and you like some of the guys going a little bit after him. So maybe you think Javier should be closer to like Shane Boz, Chris Sale, Nathan Eovaldi in the late 180s? Um, I take Boz over him. I take probably Sale over him. Uh, I take Braxton Garrett over all of them. Um, your boy Erod there at one ninety one. Erod over all of them. Uh, so, and I'm not saying like I'm out on Javier though. I may just be out because of the price, but the volatility, man. Like we saw it. It just it did not work last year. Um, yeah. Now he's also one of those guys that could easily go back to being an SB too, um, if he does figure things out, but. Uh, and so if you're shooting for upside at that point, go for it. I, he may have the best upside of like that entire group, but um, I so just kind of want to buy low, man. I And I have no problem buying low. Like, I, you know, this is one of those guys where like, if he's the guy that falls out of this group, I'll, I have no problem ending up with him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but he's not my target. Like all things being equal in terms of price, like he's not my target out of this group. Here's a wide range in these four yeah. drafts since mid-November. And I know it's a small sample of just four drafts, but DCs take some time to finish. Um, 137 as a min, 203 as a high for Javier. So he Ooh. can fall below all that group that we talked about there. And at that range, I mean, that's that's another 25 picks after his ADP. Then I am definitely interested because then you were able to get a Boz and a Woo and an E-Rod, you know, maybe one or two of those guys, and then you can still cycle back around to Christian Javier at pick 200. If he's going closer to that area consistently, then I'm more in. Right now, because of the folks going around Javier, I'm interested, but not seeking him out. Like I said, I'd take Hunter Brown and then a bunch of those other dudes um, at least equal with him. But I don't want to quit Javier. I don't want to overreact too much to last year. That's all. Um, all right, so Christian Javier, minus 22 picks. Worth taking a closer look at. I'll probably deep dive him 
you know, when I do my, my SP ranks, which I am working on, by the way, I'm doing, I was going to do just a list with like a little one sentence thing. I decided to go full write up. So we're, we're getting a big dog and that's why they've taken a while to come out with that first run there. So stay tuned on that. Our, our last guy, a guy we have talked about a couple different times here, but he's, he's moving down now. We actually talked about him as somebody who was surging up. We saw you get Wyatt Langford at a nice price, at least relative to the ADP that had been set in our last gladiator. Now he's down 19 picks, which is about a round. And, um, you know, we talked about him very recently in our drafting zero experienced rookies. So we don't have to go too deep on Langford, but that was at pick 138 as an ADP. Now Langford is down to 158. So call it 20 picks even. Obviously, if you liked him, up at 138, which I, don't, I think you were not out on. You might like him more at 158, you, but you got him at 232. Yeah, yeah. Quite a bit yeah. different than even this lowered ADP. So where do you stand right now that the market's kind of pulling back? Do they need to pull back quite a bit more? Um, does it have to be to pick 200s for you to get involved? Because I know that 232 was just, you just kept waiting and he kept staying there and you said, fine. I'll take him, but that's an anomaly. So what do you think of Wyatt Langford dropping now closer to pick 160 on average? I think that's probably where he should be. Um, and the problem is like, this is just a little bit of the calm before the storm, because once he starts hitting in spring training and there's talk that he could make the team or be up really early, uh, he's going to go way up. Uh, yep. I think this is just a market course correction from some early drafts going a little bit too high. I think that's all that is. And I think it will course correct right again. If there's any reports about him potentially moving uh, or being uh, on the team day one. Yeah. I, I don't really have any disagreements there um, about that. Now we know it's going to be such a different story in spring. He's raking homers, people going crazy on him. If, if he is breaking camp and it is mm -hmm. mid-March and you're doing drafts, are you in at a, at a pick like 150, 160, 130? Oh, yeah. Like you're ready to go if he's locked in as a starter for Wyatt Langford. Yeah, I mean, if he if he is, um, if there are reports, you know, uh, that he is going to be on the team day one, mm -hmm. then I, I think around pick 100 is where i'm at yeah so if you, you think that that is jordan walker if but i i mean you know for every, for the jordan walkers there's also the julio rodriguez is where it's like hey when i got him for two dollars in tout wars mm -hmm. he was awesome like this you ain't know. two dollars this is pick 100 i'm still willing to do it i think okay. if, if, I, if i know he's up yeah, I yeah, don't. You know, we're, we're talking March at this point where we have to know the hard part ready to is go. with the Korea series. A lot of drafts are going to be earlier this year and mm -hmm. we're still going to have to wait for the rest of the guys to start a week later. Um, are we going to have that information before a lot of people do their drafts? That is very interesting. And I think it's going to be a situation, too, where most rooms are going to have at least one Langford believer. Yep. And so the price is rarely going to really dip down. Right? I, I, like we had that. I honestly draft. think I say pick 100, right? So I'm saying like end of the six, early seventh round. I don't think I'll be able to get him. Oh my goodness, dude. I mean, I, look, I took Bobby Witt in the fourth round of a main 
Yeah. I'm not throwing stones here. I don't think I'll get them. Oh, man, that would be... If, if, if be we're nuts. getting news, you know, like prior to main event season, um, I don't think I'd get them at pick 100. And how much of this do you think is influenced by the sample that we saw from Langford? Like, if oh, man, it's a hundred percent influ- I mean, or ninety-five percent, and then five percent. Isn't that bad? Then it absolutely because, is. But like, okay, because <sighs> like it was great, but it was two hundred point appearances across four levels, a couple of which he was probably way too good for. But then he continued it at double and triple A. So I don't want yeah, I'm not, that, and I'm that's not the thing. Crapping on Langford. I think the the five percent part is other guys that have done this and yeah, been successful. The, the recent rookie surge. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to give you questions for pushback. I'm not necessarily out. I will take risky guys like that. Like I said, I was in on the Bobby Witt situation. No, the only I, reason I took him in the gladiator that we were in was because he fell out. Pick 232. Complete, complete, complete major discount off of where he'd been going. And you just said, enough is enough. I'm going to take I, him here. In that format, I don't necessarily want him very often because I think Correct. there is a real chance that he is not on the team early on in the season. And then, hey, what if, you know, the Rangers say, like, hey, Evan Carter is great. Adolis Garcia is Adolis Garcia. And Luka, well, if that's the case, then then there'll be a spot open because Adolis Garcia isn't just very good. Stop it. Just stop it. Just stop uh and then loyote Tavares is a premium defender who can you know hold his own with the bat like mm-hmm. they may just say yeah we don't need you right now like it's i mean know, that's the case right now though like he doesn't yeah. have a spot for there no, isn't a doesn't. spot for langford and unless i mean because adolis can play outfield carter can you mentioned Tavares as, as that as carrying tool there the other two are great defenders though so then yeah. who are you putting at dh even if you want to say okay then then langford can dh or one of the I'm, other guys can dh i he's not catching well yeah but i mean right now they have ezekiel duran penciled in if you've got those four outfields, I think Langford's a decent fielder i don't know if he's premium do you want to take a rookie and dh him day one I don't think so. So then that, I don't know where he really fits right now. I mean, honestly, his path to playing time is through Leody Tavares. That makes me sad. Me too. And I, you know, I hope I'm wrong about that. But like, I think that they, not to say that they couldn't DH him sometimes and DH other guys, you know, uh, in the outfield to just give him days off from playing True. defense. But like, yeah, I mean, as his path to paying time is through our boy. <laughs> That's, you know, it's Evan Carter moving to center and or yeah. Adolis moving to or center. And, Adolis, yeah. And, and Langford eating up one of those quarters. And, I mean, as much as I love Leody Tavares, like he, his long-term profile is that of a you know, premium fourth outfielder. So, um, Especially on an elite team like Texas. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe yeah, they trade him. That, that could, you know, moves could happen that way too. Mm-hmm create a little bit of an opening with uh with a couple player trade there if they do happens. trade leodi because they're not i don't think they're trading any of the other guys that we talked then about. langford's um, price goes up immediately right oh then yeah then he's top 100 and i'm already priced out <laughs> what is the highest you'd pay guaranteed locked in march 15th he's in they've 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 90 somebody okay i was gonna ask if you'd pay 75 and, yeah no 
I don't so think ninety, that would. the closest outfielder at ninety is Brian Reynolds at ninety-two. Give me, give me, give me the instant production of Brian Reynolds. Like right. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's just you can book that production. Next outfielder comes all the way down to pick one hundred four, Lane Thomas. And then if you're saying you take Langford over Lane Thomas, I can't really. Yeah, I'll take Langford that over Lane Thomas. Much. Yeah, like that's that's open. better. Better team, you know. I, I understand like Lane popped off last year, but if he turns back into a pumpkin, I'm not going to be a hundred percent surprised and better fantasy carrying tool with the power, like the, the hit ability of, um, of Langford is better than anything Lane Thomas offers. And I say that as a Lane Thomas fan, I was a year early, couldn't shut up about him in 2022. And then last year he popped off. All right. So there we go. There's 10 fallers. Uh, they all seem to make some sense, right? They all have real reasons as to why they're falling, but it has created some buying opportunities for some of these guys. So keep an eye on where things are going. Um, I know it's not for a little while, but when do you start your market reports? I'm probably going to start next week. Um, there you go. I, okay. I, I, I got to double check. I got to double. I thought about actually starting it last night, but I've got to double check and see like what samples I'm using. I don't want to use too small of samples for the beginning. Yeah. Cause like um, e- even this comparing October to the uh, more recent drafts, it's only four drafts since November 15th. Now that's DC's only. And if you want to do a bigger sample, you know, there's been 28 gladiators, but then that's such a different pool that I don't know if you want to use gladiator yeah. data as the no I'm, I'm only going to use draft champions just because it's the only okay. consistent from October to you might um, wait closer to Christmas then to get some more data to pile up yeah I'll, I'll take a look and see what the the samples look like the gladiators have actually kind of screwed the draft champions in terms of we used to get a ton of draft champions early. agreed um so I'll see where I kind of started last year uh, a little bit of news hit me with it on our way out here you ready? Source, you say Kikuchi reserves entire upscale sushi restaurant near Rogers Center for tonight. Reservation made for 50 plus people. Oh, dude, I, I want this to happen. I this do too. So cool. I would have zero issues with Toronto getting yeah. it. Like, uh, I, I just, I think that'd be so fun. It's so different than what everyone was expecting. And I'm totally here for it. Yeah. So, oh my god! I wonder if I can get an invite to that. I mean, we did just kind of shit talk. I love him. sushi. I do too. I don't think he's going to invite us though. Uh-huh. We should have said something nice about him. I would draft Kikuchi top one hundred if I can go to that party. Uh, Even if Shohei's not going to be there, I just want to go to an upscale sushi restaurant with you, say Kikuchi and company. Yeah, right. I mean, just in general, that seems pretty dope. So, yeah. Like, uh, all right, Justin. Twitter right now is insane. Just like the, you keep like, me posted. You, you're the I one will. cycling through all of it. I'm just going to keep refreshing trade rumors, but I got a lot of things to get done today, including working on my starting pitcher ranking. So I'm going to go get yeah, back I've to that. <laughs> you got to go get to work. And I know it's going to be, <laughs> yeah, the day we're both busy, it's going to get disrupted by the Otani news, but that'd be yeah, the best absolutely. disruption possible. Mm-hmm. We'll be back on Monday talking more baseball. Justin, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. And I'll talk to you later. Take it easy.